What is going on, guys? Welcome to another installment of Man Talk on the Positive Masculinity Podcast, where we cover topics ranging all the way from mental health, self-development, communication, and fitness through to relationships, discipline, motivation, mindset, and health. Traditional masculinity is one of the most powerful forces on the face of the earth, and not only is it being misrepresented, but they are trying to destroy it. So it is my mission to bring masculinity back into the world to benefit men, women, and society as a whole. Now guys, if you do love the podcast and you can take five seconds out of your day to like it, rate it, subscribe, that would mean the world. It would help me get it in front of more people and make a a bigger impact in the world. So make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the show. And without further ado, let's dive into today's installment of Man Talk. Steve, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate your time. Do you want to give us a bit of a background and an intro on yourself, man? Yeah, my pleasure. You're the one, you know, starting at uh, the wee hours of the morning in America here. We're <laughs> at three in the afternoon, so that's a good thing. But uh, my name is Steve Gavatorta. Um, I own a company called Steve Gavatorta Group, which focuses on custom-built training and personal and professional development programs for both companies and individuals. So what I do, I really go um, with my clients is really try to uncover their specific needs and issues or goals and objectives they're trying to accomplish. And I build specific training, coaching, uh, webinar-based programs to help them accomplish their goals. Um, I'm also a two-time published author. Uh, my most recent book is called In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Success. Awesome, man. That's all incredible. Before we dive into all the, the nitty-gritty kind of stuff, could you just tell me what being a, a valuable and a masculine man means to you? Yeah, it means the ability to look at each day and face um, whatever obstacles or whatever events happen that day, face them ra- like a man <laughs> or like the man, how a lot of men used to be rationally reasoned, yeah. logical, not emotional, mm. you know, and that's what I talk a lot in my book that um, I think people today are overly emotional and they're not able to, when adversity strikes or difficulty strikes or change hits, you know, they respond in in a f- emotional state, freeze, fight, or flight, you know, angry, yelling, uh, mm. shutting down, quitting, you know, yeah. and that's the last thing a masculine man does. A masculine man tries to overcome obstacles. If they can't overcome the obstacle, at least learn a lesson from it that can help them down the road um, yeah. uh, throughout whatever future things happen. And I think this topic is more and in this need, so to speak, uh, of mm. the topic you cover is more need needed now more than ever. Mm. Absolutely, man. And it's well said. And a man needs to be stoic. It's not about not feeling the emotions, but it's about using them for what they are as signals that something needs to change and then using that energy to do something positive. So before we dive into adversity, because that's obviously going to be the, the main topic yeah. of today, we just quickly touch on goal setting and I guess the importance of that and the dimensions that go into goal setting. Yeah. I mean, you know, without goals in our lives, we're not going to accomplish what we desire to accomplish. It's interesting. Uh, football teams, any athletic team sets goals before the beginning of, uh, bef- you know, the beginning of the year and most likely with each team they're playing. Mm. People don't do that in their real lives. It's intuitive to do it in sports but they don't do in their real lives. So I think it's incredibly important to set 
uh, both personal and professional goals. And that's a lot of what I help my clients with. And then um, what I call is having SMART objectives, have those, it's an acronym, SMART, specific, measurable, be able to be held accountable for it, uh, have it be realistic and have it time bound. Mm. So those are the focus areas I focus on. It's called SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And um, then also have measurements throughout time to check the status on where yeah. you are on those respective goals. So if I don't have a status check, I may not know where I am in accomplishing or setting those respective objectives. So yeah. um, I think if you want to accomplish something, you have to have objectives. If you don't, you're going to be yeah. going down a path or a road um, that you may not want to get on and, and it may be too late. So Absolutely, brother. Well said. And people get stuck because they, they set their goals, but they leave it at that as opposed to going, okay, I want to lose 12 kilos in six months. So that's, you know, two kilos every month. That's however much each week. And then here are the daily actionable steps I need to take. Like if you can break it down yeah. into actionable daily steps, then all of a sudden it's not an outcome you focus on, but a process and the goal will come inevitably. So I think people just need to focus on working out what actionable steps they actually need to take. Absolutely. If you have the end goal in mind, you may find if you're doing the, the gut checks like you're stating, you know, you may find the original path I wanted to take for that goal may not be the right path. There might be another path to do that. But just as long as you have the end goal in mind, that's all that matters. I remember when I first I, I spent 20 years in working for corporate America. I left cold turkey to start my business. I've been at it 20 years. Um, I used to have a sticky pad on my uh, on my lamp right here. You can't see, but a, a pink sticky pad on my lamp that said, enjoy the process. Yeah. Um, and I had it until about two years ago. It's all faded. But my point was I had the objective of what I wanted to do with regard to my business. But what I meant by enjoy the process was by how I first was going to get there may change through time. And that was okay mm. to change that path just as long that, as that objective was this the solid part. Yeah. So you may find that, you know, you may hit a you may hit uh, a, a stumbling block, you may hit uh different different things may come to light that you may have to take a different route, and that's okay. But just again, as long as that uh that main goal or several goals are intact, yeah. then you'll be fine because you'll know where you need to get back on the road again. If you've never created those objectives or goals when that adversity hits you when that rejection hits you it's easy to quit yeah exactly. you don't have any you you, for, you you don't know what the heck to strive for anymore so yeah 100 man and if you if you focus on the outcome and you can't enjoy that process well then you will inevitably fail because goals don't come overnight like you need to be able to enjoy all of the challenges that come up and it's like that the eight old age old quote uh, the man who loves to walk is going to walk further than the man who loves a destination, right? It's it's true. If you focus on the goal, the the destination, you're going to burn out and tire out. If you focus on the yeah. the journey and you fall in love with that, well, then you're going to get there no matter how long it takes, right? That's the fun part. You know, it's it's funny as I look back. I think of you know I've been pretty successful at this. I've been I've owned my business for twenty years. But I look back almost like the first few months of my business and some of the work I took at the time, in many ways, it felt degrading because I might have had a workshop and only three people showed yeah. up. 
you know, now I'm doing workshops for Fortune 500, Fortune 150 companies, That's working sick. with C-suite people. But it's interesting. I look back at those days where I had three people attend a workshop with fond memories yeah. because it shows me how far I came, you know, where I was and now where I am and that path. And and even that time when I had three people, I winged it. I did it. I didn't get yeah. frustrated. I didn't I did not do the workshop. I went through and did it because I knew I had to take this step. Yeah to get to these bigger steps as well, too. Yeah. Uh, going back, you were stating a quote I have on my cell phone. Now, I think it's, uh, I forget who the inventor, Tesla, who the, I think it's Nikolai Testa, Tesla was his name. Yeah. But he said something about he never fails. He just found 5,000 ways of not doing it <laughs> yeah. the, the right way or whatever. So that's, yeah. the, that's the right attitude to take. So. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And the other thing, too, you never, you never fail if you look at it as either a success or a lesson because there's a lesson in every failure. So if you're learning something, well, then that's a success because you've upskilled yourself. So everything's about how you frame it. Well, well, there's brain functionality behind that too. Um, in my book, if you don't mind me saying this, mm. in my book, I talk about two important parts of our brain. One part is called the limbic system. That's what we're born with. That's called, that's our emotional brain. And it does not grow, transform, or evolve through time, through our experiences. It is what is what it is. And we're, we're functioning in our limbic or emotional brain our response to adversity or difficulties or failures is going to be emotional, freeze, fight, or flight. And that's not helpful. If I'm angry, mm. I'm not going to be successful. If I'm shutting down, I'm not going to be successful. So the other part of our brain is called the cortex. The cortex is known as our rational brain. The cortex does grow, transform, and evolve through time, through our education system, through our life experiences, through training and development. That's why I believe so much in what I do, because if people don't know certain skills to be a great salesperson, how are they going to succeed? Mm. If a customer says no, how are they going to handle that no if they don't have the skill sets to do that? And the same thing with life. Everything in, the, in life, if we look at it as a lesson, whether we've succeeded in an adverse situation or we failed, there's a lesson to be learned. There's a way to rehardwire our brain. So we respond to these things in our rational brain, our cortex versus that emotional brain. Does that make sense? 100%, man. 100%. So, so everything's a lesson. Everything's a learning. You know, I, you know, I, I think you're in the martial arts. You know, I think Conor McGregor said a similar type of thing. He never loses. He always learns a lesson. Hmm. And that's, that's hardwiring that brain. So we're building our cortex muscles, so to speak. Yeah. So we're responding to failure and difficulties and, and disappointments in a rational state of mind rather than an emotional one. 100% man. And I, I just watched um, McGregor's documentary a couple of nights ago, and yeah, yeah he after that um, that big loss that he had, there was a massive change in his attitude and his approach, and that you can see the lessons that he learned. So that's that's an awesome point, dude. Let's dive into adversity. Obviously, yeah. there's so much to unpack. We could probably talk for twelve hours on this, but how Absolutely. how important do you think it is for men to go through challenging things? I think it's the most important thing in the world. I can say from a personal experience, my biggest learnings have been during my most difficult times. Yeah. You know, that's when I've learned my greatest lessons. But um, uh, 
I talk about, I, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm assuming this is big in Australia, the part participation trophy. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's big yeah. there too. So, so uh, you know, as you can uh, mainly probably understand, I'm not a proponent of participation trophies. No. Because I think you're, lo you're robbing kids of what it means to succeed or what mm. it means to fail. If I If I'm giving everybody a trophy... I don't, you know, I, if I didn't win, I don't know what I did wrong that I didn't win. And what can I work on next time? Or what could I, what could I, uh, have I done differently? In addition, we won. What do we do to succeed that we keep need, need to keep doing? So I think that's a horrible thing. And I think when going back to that brain functionality part, part I talked, when we're giving out participation trophies, we're not helping these kids build their cortex muscle. They're staying stuck in the limbic system, emotional state, freeze, fight, yeah. or flight, because they don't know how to deal with adversity. They don't know how to deal with failure. They don't know how to deal with someone saying no. Mm. So I received a, a participation trophy my whole life. I'm interviewing for a job. You know, there's only, there's one opening, there's three people. That tells me I only have a 30% chance of getting this job that the odds aren't with me. Yeah. So if I'm not used to hearing rejection, if I'm not used to hearing someone say no, I may respond to that angrily. I might shut down. I might get frustrated. I'm going to get emotional. And again, that's not helpful. When I'm emotional, when I'm in freeze, fight, or flight, I can't or and no one can solve problems. No one can think creatively. No one can, um, they may say the wrong things. You know, so when you're in this emotional state, you're not going to think rationally. You're not going to be able to solve problems. You know, you're not going to be able to think creatively. So the importance of adversity in our life, I think, is is huge. And I think, you know, we teach all these things in college, math, uh, you know, the mathematics, writing, reading, which are all great. But I think we need to start teaching how to, be, how to help people get yes. over adversity or at least learn valuable lessons from it as yeah, well too absolutely man that's such an incredible point and on the participation trophies we're also teaching kids i know they're children and people probably think it doesn't matter but that's the most important years of your life because that's where everything's shaped um cognitively no doubt. but we're teaching the kids that if you show up that's enough to show up right have a bit right. of fun that's enough obviously children the idea is to have fun but that's teaching them that you know, when you're 25, you just show up to the job interview, that's enough. Like you said, you just show right, up, right. get out of bed and do whatever you want today and that's enough. It's not teaching right. kids that you actually need to strive for more, you need to put effort in, you need to be disciplined. And these are all incredibly important skills for any metric of success. No doubt. You know, and it's not just um, uh, helping kids or people succeed in life later. It's it's you're robbing people of the beauty of life, yeah. you know, not knowing what you could have been. You know, I didn't have in many ways the greatest upbringing. I had two parents; they were they were good people, but there was a, a lot of negativity. Mm. Um, there oftentimes wasn't a lot of encouragement, and I had to come by that myself, learn hard lessons on my own, yeah. or identify other role models or people to pick me up during that time. So I often look at myself and say, I could have taken different paths in life. Um, I could have taken a path where, you know, I gave up, I, you know, didn't, didn't want to grow, didn't want to succeed. 
um, versus a path that, hey, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. I'm going to become better. And thank God I did, or I would have a total different life now. And I don't think it would have been as robust of a life for me as well, too. So I'm grateful, you know, why being the background that I have, did I become the way it became? And it's because fortunately, you know, I was able to, listen, I don't always look at adverse situations in a great light, a positive light, Yeah. but um, sometimes I fail. Sometimes I make a mistake. Sometimes I respond to it in an emotional state. That more often than not, I, I I can either overcome it or find ways to overcome it, or again learn learn a valuable lesson from it that's going to help me down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And overcoming adversity, there's obviously people who are born with a predisposition to handle it better, but it is a skill and a mindset that you can develop. And I said to one of my recent guests, I've done a few uh, posts on it, but. As you said, the biggest adversities that I've ever had too is formulated the biggest growth, the all the, all the introspection, that side of things, but also the biggest, I guess, period of business growth for me, the biggest um, period of fitness growth. Absolutely every aspect of my life has grown when I've gone through a big adversity. And like you said, it's not like every single time something comes up, I'm over the moon and I handle it perfectly. I've already yeah. had two big adversities this year. And there are a lot of shitty emotions, particularly at the beginning, but very quickly I was able to harness the energy that comes with that adversity and channel into something positive. Because like I said um, on on a recent post, there is so much energy that comes with adversity and negative emotions. And if you can formulate a way to channel that into something positive, it's a superpower because you've got this endless motivation and endless drive to get something done. No doubt. No doubt. Listen, I talk to a lot of my business clients and, and, you know, we're in a crazy world. I say we're in a fast paced, high tech, ever evolving world. Changes hitting us faster than ever. Adversity Mm -hmm. striking us deeper than ever. And a speed at which we need to make decisions is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, So the ability for leaders to keep for them as leaders and to keep their teams for them as a leader being rational thinker for their teams and their people being rational thinkers in this crazy world is a competitive advantage because these companies that can keep that rational state of mind in this crazy world are going to find a way to beat their competition. They're going to find a way to overcome obstacles, overcome adversity, and really gain a a, a point of differentiation and a competitive advantage over their Mm. customers. So, you know, same thing in a sporting event, same thing in business, same thing in life. You know, if we can take these obstacles thrown our way and use them to our advantage, we're going to over, we're going to help ourselves, but we're maybe beat our competition or win, win an event or whatever that might be. But the key is thinking rationally, knowing what I call what your emotional triggers are and how you respond to those triggers is going to, is a key element in helping you stay calm, cool, and collected when adversity strikes. Yeah. Nailed it, brother. And not only that, but, being able to deal with that adversity successfully also trains your mind for the next time something comes up and you deal with it that little bit better. You're hardwiring your brain. Mm. Um, you know, in, in sporting events, whether it's MMA, uh, whatever, football, typically after a team plays or an individual fights in MMA, um, they anal- where they won or lost, they analyze that fight. The whole point of analyzing that fight is what did I learn from this and how can this help me down the road? 
Yeah. So that, that that's that whole point there, that everything that's put on our path is meant as a learning opportunity. And again, I subscribe to the fact that the most difficult ones teach the greatest lessons if we're willing to, yeah. to listen. Lads, whether you're feeling stuck, you lack direction, you've got no motivation, or you just want to be a part of an incredibly supportive, uplifting, and powerful community of like-minded guys, look no further than the men's inner circle. It's our exclusive new group coaching program, which is literally designed to transform lives. For less than the cost of a pub meal and a beer, every single week we jump on a video call and we talk about topics ranging from mental health, self-development, self-awareness and mindset through to relationships, communication, goal setting, accountability and networking. So if you're serious about your personal growth and you want to become the best version of yourself alongside other guys who want to get the best versions out of their self, make sure you join the men's inner circle, www.bettermindsbody.com.au forward slash the men's inner circle. I'll leave a link in the show description and I hope to see every single one of you inside the men's inner circle. Exactly. And that that's the most important part if we're willing to listen because there's- right two kinds of extremes and then everything that falls in between there's the guy who could go through something horrible and then that becomes his identity and the next 20 years is like oh, i oh. had my heart broken and i'm this caused yeah. this and my life's over or there's the guy who goes i had my heart broken this happened and now i'm a fucking beast right so there's those two <laughs> and then everything yeah. in between so it's a hundred percent about whether or not you're willing to dive into it yeah, and I think unfortunately in our world today we're we're emotionally insane. Everything's uh, uh, everything's a crazy. Everybody gets emotional about everything nowadays. They can't handle any little criticism or critique or failure. It's in, it's crazy, and uh, mm. I don't think that's that bodes well. I don't think that's a good thing. But once mm. again, for those people who can keep calm, cool, collected, and rational, are going to win the day in the end. So absolutely, and so. Obviously, big adversities come up. You don't really have any control over when they do. But what we do have control over is how we prepare for that. So I'm a firm believer we should be doing something every single day that's uncomfortable, something that's really hard and something that allows us to conquer our inner bitch. Do you kind of relate to that, whether it's cold showers or exercising, going out and talking to strangers, something that's uncomfortable? What do you do in that realm? Yeah, my main thing now, I, I could say the most consistent thing over the last 10 years is kickboxing. You know, mm. you and I had talked about in the past and yeah. uh, I've been doing it, you know, as you know, kickboxing, it's just not simply throwing punches. You know, you you spar, you learn how to do proper technique, Yeah, you know, and I'm, I spar a lot and every day there's a lesson to be learned in that. So for me, pushing myself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally through Muay Thai or kickboxing is my way every day of, of getting my 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 mind right to not only help me in that specific moment, but to get my mind right for life as it happens. Mm. Listen, I'm a bit I'm a business owner. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm I'm successful, but it's not like I've ha- it's all been successful, wonderful things. You know, I've lost clients. Yeah. I've heard I hear no more than I hear yes. Yeah, um, you know, so 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 you know, sports, my business, all this, and and me teaching this stuff, me writing a book on it, has helped me, you know, keep that mindset of hey, I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable state, and this will help me down the pike. This writing a book, I've written two books. I hate writing, <laughs> I absolutely hate it, and I even put in this book 
that I knew before I started this, this is going to put me in, this is going to be very difficult for me. Mm. Um, but I knew the topic I felt so strong about. I knew the end product would be fantastic, but the pain that went involved with it, you know, now it was great pain because I, I yeah. see what what became of that great pain as well, too. So absolutely um, through sports, my, any time in my life, you know, I'm not will I'm not uh, willing to not take that stretch and yeah. and, and do yeah. something that's gonna help me grow. Absolutely, and brother, how rewarding is it for you? Like when you know something's incredibly challenging, it's pushed you, and then you get results. Like it's so much more rewarding than if it was just streamlined and easy. Oh my god, that's that's the beautiful thing. Again, going back to the participation trophies, you're not only robbing children of the ability to succeed in life, but you're robbing them of the joy. Yeah. <laughs> or e or even listen, the flip side of that, the pain of losing or the pain of not studying or the pain of not practicing enough or the pain of not paying attention. You know, that's that's a lesson to be learned for the future. And you can you can add that to the future. And you know, there's there's guidance in failure. You know, hypothetically, let's say American football, you know, not everyone's made for that. Mm. I'm not made to play a guitar, although I'd love to play a guitar. <laughs> you know, my, my thing was more sports, but sometimes through sports and failure, you realize mm, this is not my my bag. This is not where I should I'm better in the arts. And that's okay. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, I might try something and realize, you know what? I wish I could do it, but that's not necessarily what I'm meant to do. So um, I learned a lesson from that as well, too. Trying yeah. to put a square peg in a round hole, you know, isn't going to happen oftentimes. And, and yeah, you know, sometimes fail, failure can provide us guidance on on what we can do and what we can't do as well, too. Yeah, exactly. And I, I encourage a lot of the guys that come to me to just, they say they're stuck, they're lost. Just go out, be proactive, and you'll very quickly work out what's not for you. So that's a great point. No and on, no on that emotional side of things, Andrew Tate said it best. It was something along the lines of once you recognize that no emotion isn't enjoyable, then your perspective on life changes because, and I've noticed this, I've developed the ability, particularly this year, to enjoy negative emotions because there's so much you can get out of them. And once you can do that, yeah. life just changes. Absolutely. I talk in my book, I talk about, I mentioned this early, emotional triggers and responses. So yeah. the more, you, so a, a tr emotional trigger is a situation, an event, or a person that can potentially send you into an emotional state yeah. of freeze, fight, or flight. And what is your personal response? Are you a freezer, fight, or flight, or some combination? I am a freezer and a fighter. So mm. there are certain people or things that happen, a, a person or a situation, a situation is I don't necessarily like change. I need time to think about it. But as you yeah. know, life is not void of change. Yeah. So an event for me is change. So when, when change and the need to make a quick decision hits me, I automatically know now that's a trigger for me. I need to watch out. And I know if I don't watch out, I'm going to freeze. I'm going to, I'm going to shut down. I'm not going to be able to think clearly yeah. and I'm not going to be able to solve a problem. Well, through the knowledge of my own emotional triggers or responses, I've been able to better self manage myself. So I know those things that trigger me and I know my response is freezing up. So now I'm better able to manage that dynamic. When those things come, 
I don't allow myself to freeze. I know that this is a chance to learn, or I know how I can handle this down the road, or I can do this differently. So feeling that emotion of freezing is not comfortable for me hmm. because I'm bl I'm blind. I can't see. I can't think. I'm stuck in la-la land. That's, that's a horrible, constricting feeling. It's good that I experience it because I know it now, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be that way. So I do everything in my power to not do that. But the experience of, of it is a good thing because now I'm more aware of it and what I don't like and how to stay out of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's it's about that self-awareness. So like you said, recognizing your your triggers, but then also having a plan in place. It's, it's one thing to know what will happen, but you then need to know what you're going to do when that, that thing comes up. And Exactly. Back to kind of on the topic of adversity, but it ties into that. Something that I think is super empowering is recognizing – our day is filled with like thousands of mini choices and all of these little choices we make, there's an opportunity to, uh, I guess, strengthen our mind and develop that adversity. Like for example, if you're going on a run, right, you might be fucking tired, your legs are sore, you're blowing. You think about pulling up and quitting, right? You've got a choice in that moment to either listen to your inner bitch, pull up or harness that inner strength and that mental toughness and yeah. keep going. And there's, thousands of little choices every day like that which decipher how mentally tough and how much adversity we're going to be able to get through yeah and if we're in that rational state of mind we're going to make the wiser decisions yeah you know this whole brain functionality thing i learned from a former kickboxing coach of mine and he teaches this uh, he was a former police officer he's a swat team leader canine handler he trained swat team people on uh, how to use weapons, how to enter a house. And he was actually shot in the arm in a, in a, in a, in a, a gunfight. And the reason, the reason he, his, he saved, he said he saved his life was he stayed calm. After he was shot, he pulled his uh, pistol out with his non-shooting hand, returned fire twice, reloading with one hand that was not his shooting hand. Oh, and he yeah. said the only reason why is because he stayed rational. He mm. fell back on his training he teaches MMA fighters at kickboxers. This he was undefeated. He's a thirteen and zero amateur kickboxer, but he teaches MMA fighters or kickboxers how to stay in that rational brain. Because when you're in an emotional part of your brain, you forget what you learned in training. And he even has videos. So when we fall into freeze, fight, or flight, there's an there's a physical re reaction to that. Yeah. We may start sweating. We like you throw a normal punch when you're in that limbic state, you may forget and you throw a haymaker, <laughs> you don't throw. Yeah. So there's an emotional and physical response when you're in a, that emotional state as well, too, which is not productive. So, um, you know, when you can when you can stay in that rational state of mind, you know, you're not only going to learn lessons, you're going to most likely, likely succeed and you're going to keep your body running at an optimal optimal uh uh, yeah. way it should run so to yeah. speak so absolutely that's a good point man there are physiological signs that you're entering into that freeze fight or flight and for me i'm, I'm similar i'm i go straight into fight i don't uh, sometimes i can freeze but i generally go to, to fight and a lot of guys would be like yeah. that but if you can't pick up on it a good way is to look at the physiological signs sweaty hands fast heart cloudy vision you yeah. know these kinds of things and once you pick up on those cues then you can go okay I need to do something to come back to my my rational mind. Yeah.
One of the guys I uh, used to work out with is in the UFC now. I'm not sure if you've heard two of them, actually. Matt Frivola and Billy Quarantillo. I don't know if you've heard of those guys, but one of the fights on on uh, ESPN, I think it was Billy was in the corner, and his coach, who is a friend of my kickboxing coach, he used to train there, it was the end of a round, and the coach said to Billy, what's your birth date? And and then what's your then he said he goes what's your wife's birthday? This is after one round, a tough yeah. round. And I, some people I saw on Instagram say, "Boy, that's a stupid thing. Why is he saying that?" <laughs> and I responded back, "What he's doing is trying to get him out of that rash emotional state. Yeah. He's getting his brain back and asking him a question to see how he answers, to see if, if he can't answer his own birth date or his wife's birth date." He's yeah. he's emotionally lost. So yeah. it was a way to get him back connected in the middle of a big fight, um, you know, get him out of that emotional state yeah. or at least check if he's in that emotional state so he can get him out. Because if if Billy or that fighter's in that emotional state, they're not going to hear what their coach is saying to them mm. on that break. You know, they're gonna they're and they're they're you know, that emotional state, that physi physical side is not gonna be operating. So um that was one way that that coach and that example helped that fighter, my friend Billy, you know, get back and or just check and see if he's in a rational state. What's your birthday? What's your wife's birthday? It yeah. brought him back thinking rationally yeah. instead of responding emotionally. Yeah, that's a really good strategy. I've never heard of that before, but that it makes total sense. Yeah. It's a wonderful idea. And I'd love to hear your I guess, perspective or take on emotions, what kind of they mean to you. And because we obviously feel emotions, it's not that we don't feel them. Yeah. They still come up. How do you, I guess, process them or how do you view them when they come up for you? Yeah, and I don't want to poo-poo that all emotions are bad. I don't mean that. You know, love's an emotion. Yeah. You know, uh, happiness is an emotion. I don't mean that. What I And those are all good and they should be expressed. Um, but what I talk about in my book and what I focus on are what I would call the negative emotions when you are in freeze fight or flight mode, when you should be thinking rationally. That's yeah. that's more what I mean. So um, I'm not. What was your question again? Exactly. When when these negative emotions do come up for you, like the overwhelming ones, generally speaking. Yeah. How do you view them or process them or use them to know what the next best move is as opposed to just letting them consume you? Yeah, I have I have little things or triggers I will do to get out of that emotion. So, so for instance, when I'm shutting down, when I can't think clearly, I've got to step away from the situation. Yeah. I've got to go for a walk. I've got to go meditate. I've got to go to do Muay Thai and punch some bags. Yeah. You know, I've got to get away from that situation because when when you are the key for this whole cortex versus limbic thing, rational thinking versus emotional thing is you, when, when an adverse adverse situation hits, you have to prevent the transfer of authority from your rational brain to your emotional brain. Because once you go into freeze fight or flight, it's hard to get out of it. If I'm mad, I can't like, Oh, I'm not mad anymore. It may take some time. Mm -hmm. And depending on the breadth and depth of your anger and what caused it, it may take years. You know, people hold grudges for the rest of their lives. You know, that's yeah. not a good thing. So the first thing I I do is become more, um, as I said earlier, I'm much more aware of my emotional triggers and responses. So I don't want to allow those negative uh, uh, emotions to manifest. Yeah. But when they do, I do things like step away. I get away. I go do Muay Thai. 
I go pray. I do some self-discussion and reflection to get myself out of freeze so I can I can back get back in that rational state yeah. of mind. I talk a lot about leaders. You know, it's imperative for leaders not to get in an emotional state of freeze, fight, or flight. Because yeah. as a leader, you're not thinking clearly. And there's a chance you're going to put your employees, those people you're leading, into a negative response too, an emotional response too. So if I'm a a fighter and I get I'm angry, I'm a leader, I get I fight, I'm getting mad, I'm yelling at the team, yelling at my staff, there's a chance most of my staff don't like that. Yeah. And they're going to shut down. Yeah. They're going to respond either emotionally, they're going to respond uh, angrily, whatever mm -hmm. that is, they're going to respond in a negative way and it's not productive. So, yeah, 100%. And that's a it's a good point. It's almost contagious, not in the way that people pick up on it, but it it can get passed down and that energy gets transferred. And in terms yeah. of your way of dealing with it, I thought it was a great point. Intense exercise is a great way of rationalizing yourself because emotions, particularly negative ones, they come with a lot of energy and you can't destroy energy, right? You need to either let it out or transfer it into something else. So exercise is a great way of getting that energy out and then rationalizing yourself okay. again so you can think clearly. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And on the flip side, positive emotions, particularly happiness, I think that one of the biggest dangers, particularly for young guys, I've noticed is they chase happiness, which is detrimental because happy, you, you can't be happy all the time. There's going to be shit things that come up, right? And in chasing right. happiness, right. if you always want to be happy, that's where you chase hedonistic pleasures. And that's what so many guys are going to these days, drugs, alcohol, sex, all these kinds of things. And that leads to no doubt. unfulfillment and depression. So in chasing happiness, you're actually catching the exact opposite. No, no doubt about it. And, and in many ways, those type of things are addictive, right? It's uh, yeah. I've heard uh, crack cocaine people, you know, state that the first time they do crack cocaine or heroin or something, the rest of their lives, they're seeking that same high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that, that first, And they never get it. That's what causes that. So, you know, yeah, happiness is a great part of life, but, uh, you know, to, to your, this whole topic, you know, if you could start realizing that that's not realistic, number one, number two, to just be happy every day with whatever life throws at you, whether yeah. it's good or bad. And yeah. that's the whole point of what we're talking about is looking at adversity as a chance to learn a lesson, to grow. It stinks now. I might not like it, but hey, I'm not going to take a negative mindset. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from it. I'm, I'm going to try to solve this problem. Mm. And that's going to make someone happy. That's going to make you happier in the long run and more often yeah. and more realistic uh, yeah. happiness, so to speak. Yeah, 100%, Steve. And just some advice for anyone listening. I think instead of just a rule of thumb, instead of chasing happiness as an emotion, chase it as a mindset. Because if you want to feel happy all the time, you won't. That's inevitable. But if you can get your, your head around the fact that every emotion is good in a sense and find happiness in the shit things and the good things, that's when you will feel fulfilled. No doubt. No doubt. And it's easier said than done, right? But that is the way. I mean, yeah. anything different, anything worth its weight is difficult, really. You know, mm -hmm. winning a I I played football through American football through the years. I enjoyed, I got more gratification out of the games we won that were close 
than yeah. the games we beat someone by a lot. Yeah. You know, 100%. there was more gratification out of that. That's a good, I guess, analogy to so to speak. So yeah, absolutely, man. Uh that they're they're all incredible points. And before we finish up, could you leave me with one skill, mindset, habit, anything that makes you the best man that you can be, your number one thing? Yeah, look at look at the obstacles that come in your way and and either learn, grow or let them help you grow, learn, grow or transform from them. You know, there's no such thing as a failure. Life's full of obstacles. Um face them like a man, you know, and and, and yeah. learn a lesson. There's nothing negative about failure as long as you've learned a lesson from it. 100% man, well said. And and try and seek out challenges every single day to prepare yourself for that. Absolutely. Awesome, man. If people want to find you, your website, your book, your social medias, where do they need to go? Yeah, um, my book's on Amazon. Again, it's called In Defensive Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Success. My name is Steve Gavatorta. That's spelled G-A-V-A-T-O-R-T-A. So you can find my book there. You can go to my website, which is www.gavatorta.com. And just Google my name. I'm out there on social media. Connect with me on any way on social media. I have a lot of, I have a good YouTube site with a ton of helpful videos. You can uh, pick and choose. And uh, there's a lot of topics um, that I cover on my YouTube videos. So subscribe to it and uh, check out the vids. But probably the best thing, either hit me on Amazon for the book or just Google my name and find me and you'll, uh, you'll, you'll find me. Superstar, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. My pleasure. That's it, man. Thanks for listening to another installment of Man Talk on the Positive Masculinity Podcast. I hope and I trust that you've learned something valuable that will help you become not only the best, the most powerful, but the most fulfilled man you can possibly be. Now, as I said earlier, I've recently launched the most powerful men's network there is online called the Men's Inner Circle, where every single week we jump on a group video call with all of the guys involved. We discuss everything ranging from mental health, physical health, relationships and finances to nutrition, diet, sleep, communication, relationships and everything in between. So if you want to be a part of one of the most powerful and supportive men's networks there are, jump on to www.bettermindsbody.com.au forward slash the men's inner circle or you can just click the link in the show description. And the best part of all, it is literally cheaper than having a meal out at the pub once a week. So if you want to be a part of this network, hit that link and I can't wait to see you inside. Have a killer day, gents.